coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley, and today I'm with Matt He's the co-founder of Shuck and Shack Restaurant Franchise. It's great to have you on the show today, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. You got it. Hey, so tell me a little bit about your background. It sounds like a great place to hang out. Tell us a little bit about how either the brand started and a little bit about you. So uh, the brand started really kind of on a whim, really. So my business partner, Sean, we we were living in uh, Carolina Beach and the the town didn't really have a true real seafood bar so sean had a his eye on a 950 square foot location just up the street from his beach rental shop and at that point carolina beach only had about 4,000 year-round residents so in about five bars and restaurants that stayed open year-round so you got to know the same people year in and year out so we were talking one day and i just graduated from uncw with a marketing degree funny enough and he said, hey, man, you want to open an oyster bar? And I always had the, the idea of opening a bar, you know, what, what guy doesn't in their 20s. And so we, we signed a lease in May and we opened in November. Uh, never had any intentions of ever taking it to, to where we're at now. Franchising even was never a thought. It was our thought was to get through the first couple of years and see what happened. And if it didn't work, we were young enough to, you know, kind of figure out what what our careers would do after that. So. We opened in 2007, November 2007, and in 2008, our first full year, we did about uh, $500,000, and we saw year over year over year growth uh, after that, and we continued uh, to grow. And so, like I said, we did 500 our first year, and that stored last year in year 15 to just shy of $2 million. And so once once we kind of saw that, we started to look for a second location. We looked in Surf City, where we actually have a current uh, franchisee. We weren't able to to get a lease done, so we came back downtown Wilmington, which is about 20 minutes from the beach, and found a spot here, which ha- which was about double the size, 1,800 square feet, had a hood upstairs, second-gen restaurant. So we we're able to actually grow the menu to to what the the base of the menu is today, and. Uh, that gave us the ability to kind of, again, grow the restaurant, get some market proof and, and those kind of things. Again, we, we weren't really sure where we were taking it and franchising wasn't on, on the on the top of our minds. But again, some more growth down there, more growth at the beach said, let's look at a third location. And uh, we started looking Southport, which is about an hour drive south. You can get to it by ferry in about, you know, a 30 minute ferry run across the Cape Fear River. But at that point, somebody sat us down and said, hey, why don't you guys look at franchising compared to a third corporate unit? So we sat down with a franchise developer and another buddy of ours who does restaurant equipment and did about a four-hour meeting and came away with franchising was probably the way to go at that point. So instead of signing a lease and taking on that project while running these two locations, we decided to, to go ahead and, and get the franchise process rolling. And in two, 2014, we started to put all that together, get a, get the FDD and all the documents and stuff like that going. And from there, 
uh, hired a CEO in, in mid-2014 and, and kicked off sales. Yeah. Wow. I love that story because it's like, ah, you know, you're right out of college and, you know, maybe we should do this. And, and it's like if guys like you don't step out and do those things, then all the folks that, that are taking advantage of it now, not only the customers, but the franchisees, right? The opportunity yeah. that you can give them the goodness of what you created in your head. You had to go through the pain of getting ramped up and, and making it, but now someone can just take it and run with it. So that's really cool because, you know, in that beginning stages of those ideas, it's always like, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, right? Now look at it. Oh, so yeah. We definitely had a, uh, a lot of mistakes, figured out a lot of things. And, and by the second second go around, uh, build out took three months instead of six months the first time. And, you know, just refine the process. And, and once once you get there, I mean, it, it's always a great thing to be able to hand something over to somebody and let them run exactly. with it. Yeah, yeah. And you can speak from your heart and say, you got something here. It took me a while to get to this point. So enjoy it. Yeah. Right? So that's that's the heart of franchising and, and the heart of, heart of America is small business. And, and that's really what it's all about. So it's uh, pretty cool to hear that. You know, I love that question because that's usually what comes from it when I get a chance to talk to a founder like you. Um, well, cool. So tell me a little bit about, uh, yeah, tell me what's unique about your brand. Uh, I know obviously it's a concept that is about good food, fresh food. But I also thought I read that uh, you guys really focus on domestic uh, food. And, and so I know that that's unique and, and probably has a lot to do with the, the, the quality of food. But tell me a little bit about the challenges of that and how you've worked through that. And, and yeah, it sounds like it's pretty unique. But tell me more about that. So, so I think the uniqueness of our brand is, is the way we feel is, is we don't have any true uh, national competition. It's it's not Red Lobster. It's not Joe's Crab Shack. It's not, you know, it's not what, what we've, we've called the emotional crabs, the, the angry crabs, the, you know, the boil in a bag stuff. It's it's your East Coast seafood dive. It's it's seafood in a bucket. It's, you know, you get a pound of shrimp, you get a half pound of shrimp like that's it. Our 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 menu started with a steamer and one fryer. And so we, we still, those are still the core items that we sell. And it's, it's all about developing locals and having your bartenders really kind of, you know, take on a life of their own. It's so it's our food, our food to alcohol ratio, 70, 30 food to alcohol. So we sell a lot of alcohol. Um, but we give, we give our, our staff the ability to be themselves. We don't have a spiel. It's not, it's not welcome to shuck and check. It's not, I'm so-and-so, I'll be your server and all that. The stuff you see at every full service restaurant, it's, it's, hey, grab a seat wherever you want, we'll be right over. And we don't push our specials on you. Like we, we've got a chalkboard that shows all of our seafood. We've got, you know, we do do happy hour specials and stuff, but we don't, we don't come to the table and say, do you want to know what we on special tonight? Blah, 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 blah. If they ask questions about it, great. But it's, it's really taking it and making it your own restaurant. And especially for our franchisees, none of our, our stores are the same square footage. None of our stores are the design the same. None of our stores have the same decor. If you didn't know that Chuck and Check was a franchise, if you went somewhere else, you wouldn't know that that store is a franchise. You would think it's a one-off mom and pop. And that, that's kind of where I, I think the brand uniqueness for us comes in. And, and I think sometimes... It works well for us, but I think sometimes it works against us when it comes to sales because people do want the systems are in place. And, and it, it's a the running joke is I always like to call, call it the reverse mullet. So like the business is all in the back. It's all trimmed up up here, but you got a big mop of hair up here that you can do whatever you want. So 
behind that right. behind that bar and behind the kitchen wall everything's made the same across the board the recipes everything yeah. everything's there but the personality yeah, yeah. of the store is where the party's at and you can make it what you want and you can make it your own and so it's it's here's how we cook here's how we how we train here's what we want you to know the rest is up to you to make it make it your own space and so that's kind of where the uniqueness is of it yeah you know you you kind of when you first shared your story that kind of just resonates that, that you know your 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 approach right your your personality you and your partners and it's kind of like you you approached it that way right like what do we want this to be it's about good food about people coming together having fun but it's like you know you want the the owner to embrace that whatever that's going to be for him so he can create that experience right as long as people feel like they're having a good time and eating good food right well yeah uh, and, and you got want the owners to be able to go in and say this is my place it's not you know it's not like one of the big you know big chains out there where here's an acre and a half here's your plot of land here's what you're building this is what your decor is going to look like so so you give that and give them a say i mean we're working on a store in viera right now uh going through permitting and stuff like that but the the franchisees wanted the biggest bar in, in brevard county so we've got a 50 seat bar that we're that we're trying to get uh passed by the the city really just making sure that the patio is 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 what they want but you know it was like let's make a big 50 seat bar so it goes down the whole side of the building and and that's 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 kind of what we're trying to do Uh, as far as the uh the american or domestic seafood uh that started with my dad my dad worked for uh wild american shrimp at the time when we when we opened and so he was traveling all over the Gulf and the East Coast and, and certifying packers and, and fishermen as, as cert- certified wild American shrimp, the, the stamp that you still see out there today. He was part of that group. And so when we said we were going to do this and and he had worked for Heinz in the past and he's seen uh, he has seen, you know, pond farm raised shrimp, pond raised shrimp. And, and you can taste the difference. You really can. If, if you're if you're given a domestic shrimp that's, you know swimming around free in the ocean or something that's grown in a in a pond in its own you know uh where they don't get to move around a lot put it that way yeah uh you're you're gonna taste the difference on on the seafood so we actually started when we opened the original location we would go down to the dock buy 300 pounds of shrimp you know the the shrimpers would call us when to come in did 250 a pound we'd grab a 12 pack of beer and we'd go down there and we would head all the shrimp right there dump right back in the water and then we bag it up and and put some in, in uh freeze them in some water and and some would just go right on the line um we did that for about the first first year and a half i would say and then it just got the volume got too much um you know we couldn't go we couldn't find you know five thousand pounds of shrimp to go to go do that with it in in a single location so we got to the point where you know, now we're running through 300 to 400 pounds of shrimp a week at our, at our original location. So that's just, it's not a sustainable model for us to go find that shrimp, but we wanted to continue to carry wild American shrimp. So right now we work with U.S. Foods. We work with uh, some different seafood purveyors and, and every, all of our shrimp comes from the Gulf. Uh, most of the Gulf, white and brown shrimp, some East Coast shrimp, depending on, on when the season comes in. But it's all packed. Uh, you know, we get it in, in five-pound blocks, frozen blocks of water, IQFs, uh, or not IQF, but frozen in five-pound blocks of water. And that's really the most sustainable way. And it still has the flavor of, of when we used to get it off the dock. It's, there's no difference in it. 
And so that's kind of where, you know, and, and that's the one real principle of food that we've stuck by the whole time. That it's just, that's what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking that, you know, that because this is a marketing show, right? And I, when I talk to guys like you that, that, that run, uh, restaurants and, and, and the quality of the food is, is such a such a part of the marketing right um yeah when you think of like cheesesteaks in philly right there's some hole in the wall places they they couldn't possibly keep empty right they're just constantly lines or whatever people just want to eat the food right um and so that's part of it right it's like that knowing that i can get that awesome food it, it's with the it's, you know spurs the word of mouth and the repeat business um but tell us a little bit now you know how do you launch a new a new location like what's now what's that approach and from a marketing standpoint uh, meaning so like you, you finally get the doors open how does that look from from the first day to maybe the year one what are the goals and then how do you help someone uh, get get to the place where it probably took you a little longer the first time but um but anyway how, how does that work so uh yeah from so we we start our marketing with with our store can't is pause real quick i got a truck pulling up is that can you hear it no i cannot hear you sound all right okay uh so we uh so we start as soon as we get a lease signed we'll get out on the social media side of things and and kind of put out what our difference is and, and talk about our domestically sourced seafood and and being an oyster bar and you know and being what what we're going to bring to your your city basically and and from there so that that social media aspect ramps up. We, we've got a, a list of things that we ask the franchisees to do rolling into the opening. But once once we get to opening, we we'll, we like to, you know, really kind of hit that grand opening hard. We used to do four weeks after we do soft opening and let it kind of roll into it. But we're actually we're in the middle of changing that process to going about a week and then really doing a big grand opening to really kind of capture the, the newness of the restaurant. Um, and so from there, I mean, it's, it's really just my marketing approach being as we opened in 2007 before social media really kind of took off you know everybody had a social media account but it wasn't used for marketing like it is now we like to tell people to get out and go meet your neighbors you know carry some ten dollar gift cards with you go visit uh go visit other restaurants talk to bartenders let people you know even if you don't tell them what what you're doing exactly, you can get out there and you can figure out what's going on within the within your community. For instance, like our our uh, Surf City franchisee, he ordered a thousand koozies, maybe even two thousand koozies. I'm not even sure, but before he even opened the doors, he they moved into Surf City. They they were not local to there. They were from Virginia. They found us. They said, "Hey, I, we want to just be on the coast. Find a, a place that you think will do well." And they immersed themselves in the in the community and. They gave out a thousand koozies to locals before they even opened the doors and said, Hey, we're coming here and had the address, phone number, all that stuff. And and from day one, they have they have not slowed down. And and they, they get involved in charities. You know, we're we're involved with charities. We we ask that each store gets involved with some kind of charity. Uh what's what's maybe personal to you or if there's something happened to to your community, do that. And it's really it's it's grow the restaurant you know without compromising and really getting involved in your your town your city your community however however it may be yeah 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 now i know in a lot of models uh you know obviously interacting 
uh, with the community, uh, with people, obviously. But then there's also the business connections, right? Um, do you guys, uh, or I'm not sure if it's, it's something that everyone does, but I would think that local businesses nearby would love your food like this kind of food is like everybody loves it right like so i don't know is there any other types of uh ways that you partner with businesses locally that help your franchisees or is it mainly just partnering with the community and i I would say it's maybe not like partner with businesses i mean we we will you know partner with somebody if they've got something going on you know if they're doing uh, if somebody's doing a fundraiser and they want us to be a part of it we'll we'll always jump in on something like that my big thing is, is is when you're going to when you're moving in and and once you get the store open your first couple months is, is go to the go, go to those businesses call them up say hey we're going to bring you some appetizers today how many people are in your office you know bring a couple of ten dollar gift cards over there bring them some food maybe take a picture tag us hashtag us hashtag whatever you want or or ask that you tag us or we'll tag you and then there now they have had your food they you know the customer service is, is top notch because we called and said basically we're going to bring you food just we want you to you know just let people know about us and then so you go to a car dealership you know you're talking to your, your dealer what as you're waiting for your loan to get approved you get into conversations now it's like hey we went to the shuck and check we tried this place out you should check it out and then that person goes and checks that out i mean word of mouth is still is still the number one way to spread your spread your business and, yeah, yeah. and if you do it that way and then that and then you tag businesses within that that's how you grow the social media presence because especially after covid that was the only way to talk to people so yeah. it's i mean i have i have instagram facebook and i even scroll over i scroll over all that stuff i don't look at i don't look at restaurants on on social media to say that's where i'm going to go eat today because there's specials on there and i think a lot of people do that it's, it's become a lot of white noise on there and you've got to really yeah. differentiate yourself and i don't know if, if anybody's really figured out the best way to do that yeah but being being present in the community and and using the social media to show what you're doing and the good you're doing i think that's the way to really do it yeah, I don't think you're going to draw, draw a ton of customers from from just saying, "Hey, we got two dollar beers today." Like, if you've got locals, they know you got two dollar beers. They ain't, they're not looking at. They don't care. Yeah. They they know what their local watering hole is going to have, or what their local yeah. restaurant. I mean, I've got people that still come. For instance, our Carolina Beach store. I've run the same specials from day one. So prices have changed a little bit, but Monday's Oyster Day, so it's steamed oysters are a dollar. Yeah. Shrimp is twenty five percent off on Tuesdays. We do clams on special on Wednesday and crab legs on special on Thursday. And those four specials have never changed in 15 years. Prices have changed due, due to market pricing. But I still have people that have come in day one that come in on Tuesdays to get their 25% off shrimp. And so you can use you can use social and stuff like that to reiterate that. But if you just talk to people... I mean, talking still the best way to market your store, and then they're going to tell somebody, they're going to tell somebody down the line, and it just it just yeah. snowballed. Well, and, and I was saying earlier that when when you have an amazing product, it can sell everything else, and it it becomes uh, part about the experience and the stories and the people behind it, and and everything else. And you really, yeah. So if you're going to get your presence going on social media, it is really just being social, right? It's just, and food is such a connector of that so it's not so much the specials as much as this is awesome food and it's awesome to get together with people or as you said if you're doing something in the community uh, or partnering with a business or at least 
you know, you're with the business, like you said, you're, you're yeah. on premise or something. Uh, but yeah, now I think that's brilliant. But tell me a little bit more. I mean, I know it's it's an everyday business, right? You've been doing it a long time, but technology's evolved, right? And I know in the restaurant business, uh, in addition to social media, there's some other technology that's definitely required uh, just at the point of sale and things like that. But tell me more about that. I mean, we, we use uh, NCR Aloha. I mean, that's really in, in all of their, their cloud-based systems. I mean, that's really the, the most of the technology we use. We have not really got into uh, a lot of like, we don't do the, the pay at the table. We don't, we don't take orders at tablets. You know, we still just have the computer on the wall and, and the servers, you know, to, to have that interaction still. I mean, I've gone to restaurants now where people, you know, they're taking orders on your tablet and you know it, it's not the, the the table action isn't nearly as fluent as what it is when you're having a conversation with somebody because it's because yeah. we're still trying to push, push push the personal you know personal interaction you have if you bring a mm-hmm. tablet to a table it's like having a conversation with somebody on their phone because they're always looking mm-hmm. at their phone so they're always looking at a tablet and so I feel I feel as our servers, bartenders are, are way more engaged when they're just having a, a general conversation about the menu, and and then you know they can walk away, your your conversation can continue, and they can go do their thing on the computer where, where they're not bothering you at that point. You're not waiting on them for something like that. So when it comes to technology, I'm kind of on the on the backside of it. I mean, we, we get approached by technology all the time. You know, you guys should do this, you guys should do this, but we, but we know it works for us and, and we know what we want to do. Uh, now on the cloud-based apps and stuff like that for, for sales and, and pulling reports and all that stuff, like, like we use all NCR's apps for that. And, and that yeah, makes yeah. all the sense and when you're trying yeah. to do that kind of stuff. But it's, yeah, I'm. I'm just not all into the technology. I'm really not. Yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. it, it's more of the personal, personal side of things. And I think that you know I'm a technology guy, right? And one of the biggest challenges is that there's. It's a lot of a lot of information. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of hey, that's cool. But running a business is about relationships, right? And it's about business. And so you just want to enable the right things with technology, right? You just need just enough. You don't need to overcome. And to your point, your business model is about that experience. Like, I I agree with you. I don't, like, if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I don't like, like, if you're going to give me somewhere, I'm not even talking to the people at the restaurant almost, right? And yeah. um, I always enjoyed the interaction with the folks at the restaurant, right? The, the servers and, and whoever else. And, and I think that's really still very important. So again, let's use the right technology to do the right thing so we can run our business well, but let's not, you know, let's not just do things to do them. It may work in other markets or in other restaurants, but you know what I mean? So that was interesting. I like that. Yeah, and, and um, you know, we, we did all the things during COVID. We had the QR codes on the table because we weren't handing out menus and all that stuff. but. I still go to restaurants now and it's like, well, there's your QR code, but I'd rather you hand me a menu because I, I want something physical that I can I can look at and I can read and I can you know flip over and, and look through. And I think a lot of people, I think you're losing, and this is not, not a knock on the QSR space, but you're losing a lot of that. Like you go to McDonald's now or anything, it's all kiosk. Like I just want to, talk, I just want to order something from somebody. And it's, it's become so like robotic in a sense and technology that I feel like, the casual space if you stick with it there's going to be a return to the conversation with, with people I, I think it you know technology went so far one way i think at some point it has to come back i mean it's it's just 
full service restaurants can't run just solely on technology. You still need people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it, it, everything is kind of cyclical, right? It's not, I think technology will become more human. <laughs> like it'll enable more uh, positive behaviors, I hope. Um, but, but at the end of the day, that human element, you know, we can get away from it for a bit, but I don't think it's, we, we still crave it, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. think that's what's enjoyable. I, we live in a remote world and I spend a lot of time remote now, a lot more than I did in my earlier career. And I often will want to go out and engage. I want to go out and, and interact and go to a business and, you know, sit down at a restaurant and talk to some people, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I think that your kind of business model and many others, that, that that's what you need to be thinking about is that experience because people need it. We need it more than we did before, like I think. You know what I mean? Because you went to work and got to socialize and interact. Now, it's many of us spend more time on screens. And so, when we go to yeah. a restaurant, that's more, it's time to be with people. <laughs> so... I think that's kind of cool. I'm glad you you adopt that mindset. I think I think that's the right path to go. I think it'll become more evident and more more of a requirement in a sense for people to actually. That's what I want, right? I mean, um, there, there's there's not a better. There, I don't get many better feelings like when you walk into one of our stores and it's jamming on a Friday night and it's you know it's full of people and they're all having a good time and nobody's looking at the phone and nobody's you know because people are back together and they're just having cocktails and, and good food and hanging out. And the, the energy in a restaurant like that, when it flows, is so good. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. Spoken from a guy that, that gets the restaurant world. That's really cool. Um, well, tell me a little bit, uh, you know, as we wrap up, um, is, was there any kind of influence in your life? Or is there any, um, any principles or ideas that you, you feel like were a big driving force to make all this reality for you and that you're still using to, to move forward? Anything you want to share with the audience? I mean, my... It, my my big kind of key phrase that I got out of college, I was in an executive uh, network uh, at UNCW and, and my mentor at the time, it, it was just one simple saying and it said, give people more than they expect sooner than they expect it. And so when it comes to working in the restaurant and, and I'm, I'm bad for this because it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always come off well with my managers and everything when it's, you know, well, so-and-so wants this and we need to upcharge them for this and, and how are we going to do this? And like, you know, my thing is, is, is give them what they want. So they come back, you know, if it costs us $2 on the, on the back end because of a, some sort of, you know, pricing difference, like one, one of the kind of the, the funniest ones is, is way back in the day we were, our steam pot has, so our steam pot comes with uh, shrimp, clams, corn crab legs oysters and some coleslaw on the side and then that's like our big steam pot it's a big family meal and somebody wanted to sub clams for chicken wings doesn't make any sense to go in the pot but we did it i mean and, and they kind of looked at me like why would we do that i'm like because if they go and tell somebody that they had a great experience then they're going to send more people here and so if i have to eat a couple dollars on one end because we didn't upcharge somebody for a piece of fish because they're allergic to this and they wanted it instead. I mean, that, it, that to me is worth, worth more than anything that you can do. I mean, that's just giving somebody more than they expect sooner than they expect it, sooner than they expect it. Another one was just uh, back in February, we had to, we closed down, we had to get our hardwood floors redone, some maintenance stuff. And uh, this family of three came in and they're like, we drove an hour and a half to eat here. Like we do it like once a month or blah, 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 whatever it was. And so 
left totally disappointed. And so I had one of my bartenders grab a hundred dollar gift card, ran it out to him, said, Hey, totally apologize. But you know, we, you know, it was been, it was on Facebook and stuff like that. That we were close. Obviously they didn't, they were, they were older. They didn't see it. And you know, I just gave him a hundred dollar gift card said, Hey, come back and see us anytime. You know, we'll, we'll take care of your meal. And you know, it was, it was an aha moment for her. She was like, Oh my God, we'll be back like all the time. She didn't expect it, but you just give it to her. And because that, if you think about it, that, that gift card doesn't cost you anything unless they actually come back. But it's the gesture of saying, Hey, come and see us. Yeah, that's huge, man. That's and it, it is. It's about long term relationships, right? I mean, it, it's all connected to, to what we're saying. If, if there's a great experience happening, it's because you have that feeling like these are like an extended family, right? It's like my community yeah. around me, and and when you do that gesture, it's like you're more important. You're you being part of this is more important than a you know fifty bucks, hundred bucks, whatever it is, yeah. you know. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I appreciate that. And you, the, your saying is like the the old. Uh, there's another saying. The, the and I think it's more said uh, is you know under promise and over delivered. But I like yeah. the way you're saying it way better. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's, so that's you know if if five years of college taught me one thing. I mean that was that was it. So you know yeah. did you get the one one piece out of it? You know yeah. I got a marketing degree and. It helps me some, but when, you know, when you're in the restaurant space, I mean, you just, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, listen, can you leave a website or any, uh, for folks that may be interested at, that, uh, in learning more either about the opportunity or if they're nearby and they have, well, I'm sure if they're nearby, they know you, but maybe they're a little closer, uh, but anyway, yeah. you want to share a website and, and, the, uh, the, the website is www.theshuckandshack.com. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, listen, Matt, it was beautiful having you on the show today. I hope to have you back again soon. Awesome. Thank you.